Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy, romance, and all the magical places they intersect. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, oh, some days, some days the coffee just feels like everything. Oh, so good. Today is Thursday. September 24th, Thor's Day. Send out a little love to your favorite Thor. Mm. Looking at the garden, I'm starting to get some change in the leaves. The grape leaves are turning yellow. And our forsythia is getting so showing some purple at the moment. And my rose is about to bloom. I don't know what you're called. Not the white rose. I know you guys are tired of hearing about the white rose, although that is still beautiful. Oh, this is the blue girl. My blue girl hybrid tea is showing signs of blooming. And so pretty, you guys. So pretty. The buds are getting close. White rose is just lavishly productive. Let's see what kind you are. The only one I know is my David Austin rose. <laughs> this one's an iceberg floribunda. And it is abundant. True to its name. I think it really likes this spot against the wall. A yeah, little adobe microclimate. The more I live, you guys, the more I garden, the more I understand that it's all about microclimates. Finding the perfect spot for a plant where it'll... Oh, changes put got a joy in my toe. Hmm. I don't know if that's an artifact choya or a new choya. Better not be a new choya. No pack rats allowed. But yeah, finding the perfect spot. I was thinking about how back in Wyoming I had a beautiful bleeding heart. And I was wondering if I could try to grow a bleeding heart here. I think maybe I could if I found the right microclimate. And I'm thinking that it could be back here underneath the grape arbor, you know. Where it's shady most of the time. In Laramie it had a nice, very shady eastern exposure spot. My granddaughter has her own phone now. <laughs> and she sent me pictures of her wearing some earrings that we gave her last Christmas. Some tiny little diamond studs. Oh, it's a selfie. <laughs> and also, bless them for learning to do the selfies early. My hummingbird juice is looking cloudy. I wonder why. Why are you so cloudy? I think it's just the condensation. Huh. Who knows? We just did fresh the other day. 
All right, so let's see. Enough rambling about gardens and hummingbirds and so forth. I'm a little sleepy today for no good reason. Probably why the coffee tastes so good. So I did not do a podcast on Tuesday because we took the day off and went kayaking. We actually got out of here pretty early. So that was good. We uh, headed out, got on the road. We're getting a lot faster at packing up the uh, kayaks and getting all of our gear together. And the new process worked pretty well, getting the equipment on the kayaks. And we paddled over to a different spot on the lake that you can't get to by walking. And I had a little spot of beach to sit on. It was, it was really just delightfully lovely. I would share the pictures, but today I'm going to give you the picture of Under Our Winter Sky, because we did the cover reveal on Tuesday, too. And I did the uh, blog post on it yesterday, but you guys also need uh, to see it again today. We'll put it on the podcast as well. A couple of days worth of Under Our Winter Sky prettiness. It's not... um, the kind of cover I would have typically envisioned. I don't know. That's why I like someone else to do my covers. Because <laughs> what I think it's going to be is just not it. And this is really lovely. And the advantage of waiting until the last minute to write my story, which wasn't really waiting, you guys all know that. That was just the way things worked out, is that I can use the cover for inspiration. So that's always, uh, I don't know, it's nice when you have an image to work off of. And I can make my story dovetail to the cover, which is like, there are elements that fit all of our stories. And I started writing the story yesterday because, oh, this might be burying the lead. I finished Dark Wizard on Monday. Uh, I was surprised. And I thought that I might um, have to really push to finish Dark Wizard But I came to, I finished out that final scene, and I came to a really good stopping place. And what was funny, as you guys know, Dorinda and I have been sprinting together. We both finished our books in the same sprinting hour, and we thought it was going to, both thought it was going to be a longer push. But we came to the end of that final scene. We, you know, mute, minimize our windows and then come back at the end of the hour and I was like I am done I finished the end of the book and she said I did too it was really kind of funny so I ended up with 97,000 words on Dark Wizard there's a bit of layering that I need to do that I think will end up bringing out that extra three to four thousand words that I thought I was going to um, be needing to get to it's I don't need to add it on to the end. I need to add it in in a few other places. So, score on Dark Wizard. I sent it off to Agent Sarah and to the beta readers. So, we'll see what everybody thinks about it. My um, toenail polish did not just not last this time. I don't know why. I almost, I went and got my nails done yesterday, so my nails look pretty. And I almost asked Ruby to repaint my toenails, but then I thought, eh, nobody's seeing my toenails. It doesn't really matter, but now I kind of wish I had. Maybe it's been doing all the 
kayaking and stuff. I wore water shoes the other day. I wonder if that rubbed off some of this polish. Oh, well. So, so yeah, I finished Dark Wizard on Monday and sent it off. Um, I think I only did... Um, I might. I don't think I even needed a full 3,000 words on Monday to finish it off. I'd worked on Sunday, too. I think I told you guys that. So, and, and Sarah said um, that she was just so impressed. I thought, oh, it's so sweet, because I know she has clients that she's having a hard time getting them to get their books turned in on time, um, even close to on time. And she was like, you are just amazing. I don't know how you do it. Um, and she said, but this one did seem like it poured out of you. And I was like, yeah, it really did. So, wanted to be written, didn't it? So, then took whole day off Tuesday. It was nice. I'd never even turned the computer on, even after we got back. And that's always restorative for me. So, that meant yesterday there were a few things stacked up, but nothing, nothing blazingly urgent. And then I... Yesterday started um, the long night of the crystalline moon. And I really like this story. I hope you guys like this story. Airs of magic. You guys, um, it's been fun hearing all of the enthusiastic responses to that. I think that's going to be a great series, a great sequence. So, yeah, I got like 2,600 words on... Uh, long night yesterday, so it's duly launched. And if all goes according to plan, I should have that drafted by about the 4th or 5th of October. And then I'll have a little bit of time to go through and revise and polish and have some copy editing done on it. Birds are so active in the trees, going from trees to water. They're really excited, getting ready for the trip south. Some of them will hopefully stick around. So one thing that I want to talk about is editing. There are a lot of people out there now offering editing services. And I know that I've talked some on here about decisions I've made about content editing versus line editing. And I I know that I have backed off of my position that every single story should be content or developmental edited because I've stopped doing that. I used to have every single one um, content or, you know, I think content and developmental editing are very much the same. Uh, it's basically when someone does a deep dive on the story and suggests restructuring or deep revision. Um, and one reason to do trad publishing is if you have a professional editor who will really give you uh, a deep dive on developmental editing because they can really help you grow as a writer. But that's only if you get a good editor. Um, as I've talked about before, I have had, like I had one editor in particular who just blew sunshine out my skirt and told me what an amazing writer I was and sent the story straight on to copy edits. And she even 
went in and did a few line edits on my story, accepted the changes, and sent it on to copy edits with her changes in there without me seeing them. And I had to go back and fix them on CompareDoc because she changed some stuff wrong. I mean, she changed some stuff factually wrong. And I may have told this story before, but it's worth revisiting because it's it's a good example. This is not me being a diva, which I'm certainly capable of being, I'm sure. But I had a typo. I mean, we have typos, right? So I had a typo in there saying that my hand, the line was, my hands stun with splinters. And I did S-T-U-N instead of S-T-U-N-G. It should have been my hands stung with splinters, with the splinters. And she caught the typo, but she changed it to stunned, S-T-U-N-N-E-D. My hand stunned with the splinters. <laughs> so I'd like stunned with splinters as my tagline for quite a while. But I was just flabbergasted. First of all, that she didn't give me an opportunity. Well, first of all, that she didn't bother to do any developmental edits. Second, that she didn't give me the opportunity to review her changes before she sent them on to copy edits. And thirdly, that she changed stuff. I mean, stunned with splinters doesn't even make any fucking sense. And so she was my least favorite editor ever. I hate her. Well, I don't hate her. She was a nice person, but... She's also no longer there. Wonder why. So, you shouldn't edit on Ambien, right? <laughs> I know that's mean. But, you know, it's it's your freaking job. Do your job right. And, and I know that I'm very much a do-your-job-right kind of person, and sometimes people get aggravated with me about that. But... Yeah. Anyway, you know, you spend enough time in the corporate world, you, you have a different attitude about those sorts of things. And publishing is not always run like other corporations. It's a much more loosey-goosey industry, to use the jargon. <laughs> so, ah, um, oh, editing. So, content, developmental editing, I used to have it done on everything, and it was fairly expensive, uh, depending on the length of the book, novella to novel, um, $300 to $1,200. And I felt like, after a while, that I didn't really, I didn't feel like I was getting that much value for it. I didn't think that I was getting so much feedback that was like, wow, I really need this, especially in books that were later in series. Books that are first in series uh, definitely need it. Um, when I finish writing Valeria, if I do that on my own, which it looks like, we're, I think we're still a little bit up in the air on that, and I'm not going to work on it right now anyway, I will get that professionally edited because I and I need to find a good editor who can really help me with my weird crossover genre there so that I manage it correctly but um, you know other stuff I'm not doing it anymore 
and I've always used as my example, you know, people like Anne Rice and Pat Conroy, who later in their careers wrote these incredibly bloated, self-indulgent books that desperately needed firm editing. But if I ever do that, you guys have to promise. Actually, I have several friends who've, author friends who've already promised. But you guys can promise, too, that you will message me and slap me, virtually slap me, and say, Jeffy, you really should have gotten this book edited. Get your head out of your ass. That's perfectly fair. Um, <laughs> I know you guys would never do that, though. My author friends could do that. So anyway, that is one kind of editing. Then there is line editing. And when I read you the email from editor Jenny the other day, she referenced that. So what she had done was she had given me an edit letter on the developmental editing for The Promised Queen, and I had done a revision on that, and that was what she felt that I nailed. And her, any, Jenny is an excellent editor, and she really does bring out the best in the books, and I appreciate her greatly. Um, I would maybe get her to edit Valeria. I have to see if she would freelance. The... Uh, and then she referenced, she said that she did have a few small line edits and that we could address those at the copy edit stage because line edits are just like, do, you know, like maybe reword this sentence or maybe move this sentence here. Um, at most, you might change the order of a paragraph. But nothing more deep, nothing deeper than that. Maybe some grammar fixes. Copy edits are the next phase, and those are fixing the typos, the punctuation, the grammar, uh, really just, you know, like, are your hyphens in the right place? Should you have a colon instead of a colon, semicolon, that sort of thing? And then the final step after that is the proofread, and that's when you get a fresh set of eyes and somebody goes through and proofs the story to make sure that there's no remaining mistakes. Well, the reason that this is on my mind is that someone recently, a friend of mine, hired a proofreader on their book that needed to be uploaded for, you know, go to the formatter very soon to get uploaded in time for a pre-order. And this person has, like, set up their website, you know, as, you know how they're an editor, and they do all these levels of editing and the author hired this editor to do a proofread and this editor basically did a content edit. I mean, they went through and added lines. They totally rewrote some scenes, you know, and rewriting is not content editing. And you should never be doing this kind of thing at a proofreading stage. So I've just been kind of, appalled at that you know and one of the things is is like anybody can set up a website and say that they're an editor and just because they say that they are um doesn't mean that they actually know what they're doing so if you hire someone to do a proofread and they're going through and rewriting scenes adding language moving things around that is not a proofread and you're not getting more value 
<laughs> you're you're getting something that's actually disrupting the flow of the work because it's too late at that stage to do that kind of editing. So that's my rant for the day. I'm going to go in and work on Long Night. I hope you all have a wonderful Thursday. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you'll find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You all take care. Bye-bye.